Hi everyone, welcome to the AI of Mankind show, where I share anything interesting about mankind. I'm your host for this season. My name is Andrew Liu. I've worked across four continents and 12 international cities. Also, I've worked in tech startups across a range of roles from selling products, making customer happy, figuring out fundraising, making finance tick, building teams, and developing sticky products. Apart from building startups, I've also worked in Fortune 500 companies as a chief data scientist or technologist or people leader. You can call me Jack of all trades or master of learning. I hope to make this podcast show a great learning experience for us. In each season, there is a series of interesting things where I invite guests to share their views about their life and interests. Now let the show begin. Today I'll have a very interesting guest, George, and George is the founder of Stragility. For those who are keen, you can go to his website www.stragility.net. I'll post it out on our uh, podcast resource page. It is an enterprise class low-code platform. George is one of the most recognized leaders in digital transformation for big companies and startups. He has 33 years of experience in enterprise software space. 18 of which has been as a founder of his own company, Carlos Technologies, and 15 prior to that in the leading software companies. He has lived and worked in India, Australia, United States of America, and Singapore, and has traveled extensively. The platform enables companies to rapidly build enterprise class application in rapid time frame, which lower effort and high quality. Over the past 18 years, George has spent all his time and effort to deliver over 200 solutions to his customer over 12 countries. Here's his credentials. George has an MBA from Graduate School of Business in the University of Sydney and is an electrical engineer from NIT India. Prior to that, he also runs his own company where he works in senior roles in leading companies from India. He was the global head of product management and marketing in Ramco, which is the India's leading enterprise resource planning software company. And prior to that, in CMC Private Limited, which is now part of Tata Consultancy Services, the largest India software company. Last but not least, he's also a cohort member of Entrepreneur First, the global largest pre-seed investors. Let's welcome Josh. Begin. All right. Tell us about your story of how do you get from here to the days where you started finishing your graduate. First of all, Andrew, let me thank you for getting me on your program. I've listened to some of the earlier programs. It's really been interesting and good learning experience. So I'm happy to participate in this. Now, as for what you asked, yes, it's quite an interesting story. In fact, if you don't mind, I'll go even before when I passed out from my graduate. Oh, yes, please. Yeah, so I have... 33 years of experience and I can break it down into three parts broadly. The first part is where I worked for corporates for about 15 years. Then 15 years where I worked for Kalos, which was more of a software services and products. But I'd say the last three years has been more like a startup. So from these three phases, the first part is where I got a lot of experience in dealing with big companies. We were working with companies like the largest 
steel company in India, the largest refineries, the, the largest railways, they like providing large solutions to customers. So those days we even had IBM mainframes and I worked with a lot of ex-IBM executives those days and learned the hard part of software specifications and stuff like that. I went to do my MBA after that because I got an interest in products. Realized that software is all about products, not all just about building projects for specific customers. And that MBA helped me to learn a lot more about product management and marketing. Very specifically, I remember the classes by one Dr. Susan Ellis. She was in strategy. She taught me a lot about positioning and strategy. I loved that. And I came back and looked for a product software company. And the only one I found, or they found me, Ramco. So Ramco was interesting because Ramco's CEO or MD at that time decided that we were going to build a product that's going to beat SAP in Oracle. And he funded 400 people to develop a product. That was massive in those days. I was one of the product heads building the product. We brought out a great product, took it to market. It was quite enjoyable. But then in the late 90s, we got hit by SAP those days. You must be knowing SAP is a big giant of enterprise. Yeah. SAP kind of killed us in most places. And I had the role of head of product management and marketing to solve that problem. It was a tough problem to deal with. And essentially, I got a lot of help from traveling to Gartner, Forrester, these kind of consulting firms. My passport was quite packed those days, 25 times to the US and stuff like that. But essentially what came out was repositioning the organization into focus areas of three areas. Like one was aviation, the other one was HR, and the third one was process manufacturing. The way to beat a big company is to verticalize or to niche. And so we chose these verticals. We focused on some, we got orders from Boeing and stuff like that. And the company turned around and today they still run on these verticals. They are reasonably successful. You must have heard of Ramco. Even in the Far East, they're pretty good at HR and aviation right now. For personal reasons, I left and the entrepreneurial bug was also biting. And so I started my own company. I ran Kalos for 15 years, a good team. But it was an interesting bootstrap concept where what I did was we used to do a lot of surface services for companies around the world. It connects to people in different countries, colleagues, stuff like that, and we used to do projects. And we used to use our surplus to do R&D on an area which today is known as local. So there's a, I've been working on it for almost 15 years or 17 years as local. And today what local does, for those who don't know what local is, local is instead of writing an application with billions of lines of code or half a million lines of code, you auto-generate most of it therefore reducing the time and effort to build that app. But 15 years back, that was a new concept. There was concepts like frameworks, reusable components, etc., which were not so well developed. The only thing when you build an application is put 50 programmers on it, get it done. Put 400 developers on it, get it done. That kind of hard manual writing work. So uh, on the parallel, we used to do R&D on this, and we actually did the various technologies those days where we moved in from reusable components to frameworks to model-based development and then to pass platform as a service, these are all various forms. The essential thing was we were increasingly automating the level of programming from 20, 30, 40 to 60, and we still continue. So 2017 is when I said, okay, now we have a mature framework that can meet global standards, and that's when we created Fragility as a brand. That's also when I spent some time in Singapore and in Ansbrunner first. That's where I met you. Oh, <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, and we had a good time to reposition the product and that's when we branded Strategy and decided to bring it out as enterprise class low-code platform with a bunch of products on it. And yeah, since then, I can tell a lot more about it. We went into the Microsoft Startups program. And yeah, it's been an interesting last few years, like a startup almost.
been a handful of adventure like you mentioned you went through graduate school and then you were curious you went to learn about product management went to Remco and then built out a lot of markets and verticals and then over time as you went back to being a good father you started your own company and then you realized that oh there's so much things that can be built why don't we build something faster and better that's where you figure out it was called the low code and then thereafter you came to entrepreneur first and that was how i met you and then thereafter you were building strategy so now the interesting question that i wanted to ask is that you were doing digital transformation or digital strategy work before covid 19 and after covid 19 how has covid 19 changed digital transformation digital transformation was happening and most companies had a lot of plans for digital transformation but when covid happened it forced companies to accelerate all its efforts you realize that you cannot run old applications that are running on let's say in-premise systems you realize that your teams are spread out and hybrid and yet you've got to deliver and the only way to do that is to have online systems running real-time online systems running and when companies started looking at what they had internally, they realized that there's a lot of mess out there and one has to really move things forward to ensure that things start to become online. And so a lot of effort has gone into digital transformation. So digital transformation was there before, but it has accelerated. It was earlier something that was the job of the IT manager or the CIO, but now has become the role of the boardroom, the CEO. The boardroom wants to know what's happening on the technology front. And so the CEO has to deliver. The CEOs who have had tech experience tend to do better and who have detailed tech. So given all this, digital transformation has accelerated post-COVID. And of course, you know how the same way Zoom calls happen, the same way everything is getting virtual, remote. So as you mentioned, it has accelerated. Like how, what kind of acceleration or how fast the acceleration? Because before COVID-19, everybody still wants to build apps. Now, after COVID-19, everybody wants to do even more apps. Everything is online. Everything is on the cloud. So how fast, like, is it like it, a project would have to be required to be in half the time or like used to take six months now, I want to do it in three months. How has that changed? Yeah. Definitely the tools have got better and definitely low code or no code is really helping. But before I get into that, I just try to explain one core problem that most people don't see in digital transformation. When the mobile revolution happened between 2012 and 2018, a lot of nice apps came out. Everybody got used to a lovely UI. People got familiar with social media. It started became interesting. Everyone started using apps. But the problem was inside corporate, the systems were old, 20-year-old systems, disconnected systems, band-aided systems. The average company would have 20 applications. A big company would have maybe 200 applications and a Fortune 500 company would have 2,000 applications inside their system. And you, you can imagine all the developed different app platforms at different times and not having the same standards. And yet the, I call it a CIOs have the responsibility to make all of it happen. I'd say there's a nice term in the US, they call it lipstick on the pig. So <laughs> which is the, the mobile apps where the lipstick and the pig is inside with all those big apps. So the, the real need was to really make those big apps work together, expose and start connecting to them and start revamping them. Now, this is where also the SaaS revolution has helped. The SaaS revolution in the last 10 years has helped to some of the applications which were, which were customer facing now started getting improved. So that's where SaaS really did a big good job in 
the CRM front, the support front, the marketing front, the sales front, and some of the apps. But now it is extending to the internal of internals of the organization. If you see, that's what's really been happening uh, internally, and uh, I think that will just be seen in the way companies move faster, respond faster, and become more efficient, manage with more with less. And it's also becoming critical in the sense that if this, these big companies don't realize that these changes are happening, you'll find the small startup running a virtual company, doing everything online, beating them at their own game. And so they are all forced to the business environment and COVID and their internal reasons are all driving a lot of applications to accelerate the digital market transformation front. As you mentioned before it, a big company would have 2,000 applications, a small company will have 20 applications, regardless of the number of applications, they have been using very old legacy systems and upkeeping them and changing them. Uh, it will be a very manual, massive work. Right? And now with COVID-19, there's even more need to put on more applications and even more need to be cloud because now there's all this physical limitation where People can no longer frequently go to a physical server or go across a travel to get things done. Now, if you think along that line, as companies building towards a more micro services, a more modular SaaS services, what do you know leaders or C-suite executives need to take note when they do digital transformation uh, post COVID-19? I'm sure most of them would be having, I call it as a three-month plan, a six-month plan, a one-year plan, a three-year plan, a five-year plan. They would be having these various plans. They would be having a portfolio and they would be planning on replacing essential apps. Then they would be having, so they'll have a priority in replacing things one by one to get it more accurate. Now, all of them have their plans. The good ones have good plans. The others cannot be so. And they have to move in multiple directions because it's not just in the apps. Remember, there's an AI revolution happening at the same time. There is a pressure to win in the market. There's a lot of pressures coming in. That's when the portfolio of applications are well thought through. What do they need to think through? Let me just tell the set of challenges behind. That's an easy thing before we think through and what they should do. Because you're going to be thinking from the business strategy perspective. Determining, because it's your IT strategy is really your business strategy in many situations. You've got to be thinking about changing the culture of the organization. And when you do a change, suddenly, People's the profiles change, jobs change, and you've got to be handling that change. You've got to be thinking about ensuring that there's an ROI while you're in. You've got to make sure that there is a return for the investment happening. So you've got to be sure that technology is the right architecture, the right application and functional architecture and technology architecture is right. And you've also got to ensure that compliance is met while you're doing this. You just can't change things. You've got to make sure that the privacy, security, other aspects of compliance are all met. So you're talking about people who have to handle all these while you're solving the problem. Now, without better tools, you cannot do it. And writing millions of lines of code, a quarter of a million lines of code is not going to cut it. And that's where I think low code is going to change things. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode. We have come to the end of part one with George. In the next episode, we will continue with George on part two, which he shared with us a use case on how to start the process of digitally training a company. And he will talk about how low code enable agility on simple apps as well as complex apps. George will also share his views on how low code will transform the digital transformation of complex applications. Lastly, George shared about the use case on how he helped a fund management company to enable digital transformation using low code. Hi guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. If this is the first time you are tuning in, remember to subscribe to this show. If you have subscribed to this show and love this episode, please 
Share it with your friends, family, and acquaintances. See you later, and see you soon. <laughs>